Hey folks, welcome to Kaiser's Castle. Tonight I got a special treat. Besides me and Angel, we have Holland Van Den Neuenhoff on again. And uh, Holland, why don't you introduce yourself, give everybody a little backstory that might not have heard who you are before, and any of your projects you have going on, and then we'll jump right into current events, brother. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Holland Van Den Neuenhoff. Uh, it's been about three months since I've been on here. For those who aren't familiar with me, I'm the co-writer and co-producer for a documentary film entitled A Noble Lie, Oklahoma City, 1995. Uh, and we just actually passed the 26th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. And I'm an Oklahoma native and I still live here. And uh, the documentary was exposing the basically the cover-up that took place behind the bombing, all the evidence. And it's not some wild conspiracy theory. Most of our witnesses uh, that we have in the film are uh, government employees. You know, it was a federal building and uh, former police officers, current police officers and investigators and so forth. Uh, so if you want to check that out, go look it up on Vimeo or YouTube. Just look for A Noble Lie, Oklahoma City, 1995. It's two hours long. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, too, but uh, you don't have to pay for it. Just uh, find one of the pirates out there. It's been out for about seven or eight years now, so we've given up uh, all profit status on it. We just want people to watch it. This shit's um, happening so also, fast. I'm a I actually Superman. saw that I headline. Served, oh. uh, in the Marine Corps uh, from 1995 through 1999 and went on two Westpac deployments. So I have, although I'm not a combat veteran, I have disturbed and am familiar with the culture and the lingo and the mindset of uh, the veteran. So, uh, and that's why and one reason, uh, you know, Kaiser and I get along so well. So that's me. Oorah. That's exactly right. Uh, Holland's a really good man and you guys should look up the noble lie. It's probably the closest thing to the truth you'll find out there. And uh, that's just the facts. Um, with that being said, did you uh, see anything on, Unfortunately, my state and where I did actually grow up in my later years, Columbus, Ohio, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the police shooting that went on down there. And we're, we'll touch a yes. little bit on uh, LeBron James. I don't really want to touch yeah. too uh, well, big on a, him. He's just a bag. Issue. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a D-bag, an S-bag, and every bag. Anyways, yes, the Columbus shooting, and no matter what your opinion may be of the previous uh, racial incident involving police, so-called racial incident, the Derek Chauvin verdict, and I'll just provide a brief commentary on that. I've, I have always withheld public opinion on the Derek Chauvin, uh, George Floyd incident, besides, you know, maintaining that George Floyd himself was no hero. He was a career criminal scumbag. And whatever happened to him, uh, I have withheld judgments because I, I have heard deferring opinions from my friends in law enforcement. You know, some have said it was perfectly legit. And I have a very good friend who says, well, actually, he did stay on the guy's neck too long once he stopped breathing or there was no more pulse or whatever. He should have gotten up and done whatever. But so I, I just don't know. And the verdict has been rendered and it's moved now. But this Columbus shooting is an entirely different animal, despite the fact that it is a white police officer responding to uh, black on black crime. And um, 
And it's, it appears by all, and I will uh, put forward my public opinion because it is pretty straightforward. That was the most legit shoot you could think of. That was out of the book. If someone is stabbing someone, you have no choice but to use immediate lethal force. There was no leeway, time, uh, or option for non-lethal force. And, I mean, the when the officer walked up, the, the stabbing was commencing quite literally, if you've seen the video, and he fired just before the knife connected. Uh, he might have saved the other girl's life, by the way, who was holding a puppy, but wasn't holding a weapon at all. Um, so, And it's also, and it's a black girl also. That's one thing that they forget to mention, the other girl, also yeah. a black girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. how is this yeah. racially motivated? Exactly, exactly. And... And it is police training that if you see a deadly assault in progress, you must stop it immediately. Uh, and there was no time to use any other option. He walked up not knowing what was going on, and the stabbing uh, was commencing. He had to draw. He had to shoot. He did. He shot well. He stopped the assault. Unfortunately, the, the girl died. That is, was unfortunate. And I am positive uh, that that cop did not want to kill that girl. But he also wanted to save the other girl's life, the victim in the assault. And uh, I really doubt that this is even going to go to a trial. Uh, if I mean, it'll probably be dismissed by the grand jury as a, as a righteous homicide, because it is. It is straight out of the book. And uh, for BLM, if they're genuinely concerned with you know police violence against people of color, this is a poor case to take up because uh, it's it's not going to go anywhere for you besides stoke more outrage and the celebrities who are rendering their asinine opinions uh, as always oh the cop should have shot the knife out of her hand or <laughs> or whatever. how do you do that without hitting the other girl in the chest that's the crazy part like if you're going to shoot the knife you're going to hit the other girl i mean it, it's going to yeah, hit yeah. right through it yeah, here's the crazy here's the crazy part about that um, you know, they want to say that, uh, that, you know, there's other ways of dealing with it. You, this is a split second decision. And I had somebody on Twitter go on, on like a rampage saying, why didn't you use a taser? You know how far away you are? If you use a taser, it's, it's barely going to scratch the surface on that big girl. That, that girl's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, she's 16, but she looked like she was 25. Now, Angel. She was 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, easy. Yeah, easily. If Angel. someone is using lethal force, you have to respond with lethal force. A knife Correct. is lethal force. If you oh, have yeah. the wherewithal to use a taser, if you have time to contain the situation and you have the option, yes, of course, you're going to go for it, not lethal force. But there was no time. No, not with a knife in her hand lunging at the girl about to stab her to death. There's no time to even think about taser. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, but, but, but the. The thing I'll say as a former cop, uh, I've heard idiots say, shoot him in the arm, shoot him in the leg. No, you shoot center mass to stop a threat. And then I heard another idiot saying, why didn't they taser? Well, a taser, that affects your central nervous system. That woman, that big woman with her momentum going forward and that knife moving could have caused that woman to leap, could have caused that woman's arms to go straight out and still continue to stab. It's irresponsible for either of those opinions. And, and there would be a... Taser is not a reliable stopper. It is an option no, it's to not. Yes. short of force, but by no means is it a reliable stopper. And when someone's life is on the line, when there is a millisecond between a knife connecting with a vital organ and uh, life, 
you go with something reliable. And unfortunately, that is center mass with a bullet until the threat stops. Yep. And if you if you would have shot anywhere else, there would have been over penetration and the girl in the pink sweatsuit would have been shot, too. <laughs> anywhere else, out of stop it. You, I mean, you can't shoot a knife out of someone's hand. I mean, you can, but you certainly don't bet on it with no. the split, literal split yep. second to lose. You don't shoot someone in the leg because it's a small moving target and you can shoot through someone's leg and miss it and hit the person on the other side, or you can strike the person's formal artery and they can bleed out in 30 seconds. That's not a non-lethal wound at all. The artery in your leg is the size of a garden hose. Yep. Um, it, you, you know, let, let me... Okay, can I chime in real quick? Um, yeah. You know, the, you said something earlier that uh, that I completely uh, wanted to get on and, uh, and just make a quick point. Uh, it's not so much that, uh, you know, they're out... Uh, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, you know, worried about black uh, people getting shot by cops or anything like that. It's not, it, these people don't care about black people. They care about criminals. This is why every time there is a career criminal, somebody's committing a murder, they get shot by a cop or resists arrest and is under a warrant for committing, you know, crime throughout their entire life. Career criminals. These are the people that are being put as martyrs. George Floyd, career criminal. Uh, Jacob Blake, career criminal. Uh, this girl who gets shot, uh, she was about to murder somebody. I must say she's a career criminal, but she was about to kill somebody with a knife. And these are the people that are going in and making martyrs out of. And uh, again, if you're going to make a martyr out of somebody, do it with a person who actually deserves it, who didn't resist arrest, who didn't have a warrant for the arrest, who didn't try to jump back in the car like Dwayne Martin to get a handgun, who was under arrest because he had beaten his girl before and he was uh, had a warrant under his arrest. Stop making a martyr out of career criminals. That's the first thing these people ought to do. Instead of always blaming it on race, look at this as, uh, and Lou Terrell on, the, uh, on Fox you know, made a great point about this last night. He said, this has to be judged as a case-by-case basis. Not all cops are racist. Not all cops are out to kill black people. And that's a narrative that the left keeps pushing. And you see how stupid it is when you have a case like this one, where this is a black girl attacking another black girl, about to stab her to death, and the cop makes the correct and only option he has as his uh, path to try to defuse the situation. And now, and I'm telling you, he's going to end up not as bad as Derek Chauvin, but I guarantee you the cop's going to get fired. The cop's going to probably end up in prison for five years. They're going to try, they're going to try to destroy this officer. That's why you saw LeBron James with a stupid ass tweet because LeBron James is a complete communist and he hates the police, hates white people. He said it himself. He is not comfortable around white people. He is a racist. He does not belong in the NBA. He doesn't belong in America. He should move out to China, first of all. And uh, second of all, black people stop making a martyr out of criminals. Done. Well, LeBron did go after a uh, basketball, uh, I believe, the owner of his team for uh, attacking the communist Chinese for their well, brutality. What did the one of the managers of the Houston Rockets uh, last year sent out a tweet in support of the Hong Kong protests in China and the Hong Kong's citizens were, and I've been there yep. uh, protesting 
because the communist Chinese were violating their treaty and uh, grabbing their citizens and shipping them for trial in the interior of China and abrogating other rights, all against the law, mind you. And, uh, and those protests were going on. And the manager of the Houston Rockets uh, tweeted support for the democracy protesters. And China objected strenuously and demanded that the Houston Rockets manager be fired. And LeBron James took up the torch for China, saying that, you know, you shouldn't tweet in favor of democracy activists who are, who are you know, demonstrating against communism. He was taking up the torch for communist China, which is extremely strange behavior. Uh, you know, it's it's the behavior of someone who's under the control of a foreign influence. Oh, uh, why, exactly. Why have such a strong opinion uh, in support of communist China cracking down on democracy protesters? Why are you so concerned about this matter? Don't you have other things to worry about? But no, he decided to make it an issue. Uh, fortunately, they couldn't fire the manager of the Houston Rockets for making a tweet about supporting democracy. Uh, although that, I'm sure they wanted to, uh, but that is a quite blatant case of uh, the First Amendment being violated. So, uh, and LeBron James was basically saying that, you know, you don't, should have the First Amendment, you shouldn't be able to express your opinion, and you shouldn't be able to express your, especially your opinion and support of people who are protesting against communist China, cracking down and enslaving their citizens. And, you know, this is why a lot of people have lost all respect for LeBron James, because as much as he may bitch and moan and whine about slavery 150 years ago, and and I agree that that was the greatest sin this country ever committed by far. But mind you, we paid a grave price for that sin, 600,000 dead in the Civil War, most of whom were Union soldiers, mind you, uh, since the Confederates enjoyed an almost two to one kill ratio on the field of battle. So more soldiers died yep. fighting free slaves then to keep them okay so and that was that's 600,000 dead but there is slavery going on now okay in china okay those people cannot walk off their job they cannot leave they have no option they must work then they are making the jerseys that lebron james wears and he will not tweet or say a word about them slavery that is going on today that within that is within his realm of influence to bring discussion to, dialogue on, exposure of, and he will not touch that issue, slavery going on today. Uh, but he will bitch and moan about slavery 150 years ago that ended in a violent manner, and uh, the price was paid on that, and apparently continues to be paid. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why the NBA ratings are in the tank and will continue to be in the tank. People speak with their feet and their dollars. I agree wholeheartedly, and you know what's really funny to me on the uh, Democrat side who are pushing this racist agenda? Uh, it really disgusts me, in all honesty. Uh, nobody says boo about the slave markets that got opened in Libya, specifically because Hillary Clinton's policies in Libya. So and black- uh, that's, yes, again, they're open. They're selling black people again in Africa. Imagine that. Disgusting. Did it ever stop, though? I mean, uh, slavery is something that, uh, you know, has been going on for thousands of years. Uh, No, it's it's more prevalent now than ever before. So it's about uh, slavery 150 years ago is, is, is moot when the problem is bigger than ever 
now right. and no attention on them. You know what's funny also, they, they bitch about slavery 300 years ago, 200 years ago, whatever, but they don't want to address the uh, human trafficking, which is slavery. Uh, when you get these young kids and these girls and you use them for sex, what is that? Slavery, sexual slavery, uh, and human trafficking right. is a problem we're facing right now. And instead of closing the border and dealing with the issue, oh no, let's have open borders so we can bring in more human trafficking uh, children aboard and just, and yeah, let's flood the U.S. with all these illegal kids that are being trafficked here for sex and other and nefarious reasons. Well, but let's yeah. not address that. You know, let's... No, 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 no. That, that's a case, but I'm saying, you know, like the Slavic people. You yeah. notice he didn't fall down this little uh, rabbit hole of COVID-19 because they knew what it was, a cover for? Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. you know, Slav, the, the yep. term Slav. Slavic, that means slave. That's who the Eastern the Eastern Europeans were the ones who were being pressed into slavery, our females, our children. By the back in the day, that's why we our first war outside of the U.S., was against, and the Marine Corps did it, Tripoli, Libya. Yeah, That's slavery. a fact. Mm-hmm. The Corsairs, the people who were raiding southern Europe, eastern Europe for slaves to brought back to the open-air slave markets of North Africa. That was our first war, which we succeeded in doing, and which no one thought we would win, but we did because Europe hadn't been able to defeat it. But we crossed the ocean with five frigates and defeated the forces of Tripoli, marched right to their palace, and dictated terms, which they had to stand by. Uh, and that is something that we should be very proud of. But slavery is something that, like we've said, is going on today on a more prevalent level than ever before, and the elitist organs and their mindless minions will not discuss it, support it. I mean, LeBron James is supporting slavery by supporting communist China, while he decries slavery 150 years ago today in this country, and, you know, and, and cares not. You know, here's the thing. If that cop in Columbus had not showed up in time and that girl had caught that knife in the wrong place and died right there, none of these people would care. It would not be national news. It would not even be it would be Columbus, Ohio news. None of the celebrities would be decrying her death. They could care less because this is not about black lives. Black lives are imperiled more than ever by lack of policing, as police withdraw from violence-prone areas, the violent thugs kill with impunity. And I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about the violent thugs that terrorize the black community. As policing withdraws, yep. kill with impunity. That's what's happening in Chicago. The political political environment there under Mayor Lightfoot and the Democrats uh, made pol- police... Uh, reluctant to respond, patrol, or do anything in violent, prone areas. And you know why this happens. Up. But you know why you know why this happens in these areas, though. Uh, in, uh, in the, I'll give you the exact reason. The people that are there, besides the fact they're liberals and, and this is a democratically ran areas, the people that are actually there, like Lori Lightfoot uh, in Chicago, uh, Keisha Lance Botton in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, these folks, guess what they all have in common? They all grew up on the street. They're all from thug life mentality type folks. Uh, Keisha Lance Bottom, 
she actually grew up with gangbangers. And so when you're talking about, and I talked about this two years ago on my show, and I've been talking about it way before the election, I said JoJo is going to be a problem because look at the people running it. And these people are leftist, socialist, communists. They hate America. They're gangbangers. They, they run street gangs. Keisha Lance Bottom is connected to Killer Mike, uh, T.I., a bunch of people that are notoriously uh, famous and came up as gangbangers, okay? They, that's how they became famous. They were drug dealers. So when you have people that are connected to street gangs and drug dealers running your city, what do you think is going to happen? Well, here's my two cents. Drug dealers are going to be given protection, and the Correct. cops are trying to stop to be demonized. And that's innocent, a, yeah. Isn't that what's happening now? Are going to suffer, right? Well, that's exactly that's, what's happening. Yeah, no. That my point, uh, in my opinion, uh, I think, and being a former cop, I'll say this: I think the police unions in all the cities, they should just stand and say, "Okay, you're going to have to hire an entire police department now. We're all off. We're out of here." Honestly, because. What's going to happen now? What's happening in Chicago is going to happen nationwide. Police departments are going to withdraw from violent prone areas because one, they're not going to be given support. Two, if something goes wrong and they have to hurt someone, they're going to be thrown in jail. So they're simply not going to to bother with it, and the and the murder rate is going to increase. That is or, what, that's theory. That's what happened in Chicago. That's what's going to happen nationwide. Here's an idea. And, uh, here's an idea. If I, hold uh, on, hold up. Go, go ahead, guys. I can't just, I can't disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. What good is it? I'm gonna stick it out for retirement. I only got a year or two left, right? Whatever, whatevs, right? Nah, nah, man. Here's the way you do it. You go, fuck it. You guys are voting fucked up. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You think you know how to run something? Here, you run this damn town. You keep it safe. They can't keep their own asses safe. And I, I'm telling you, that would stop because guess who doesn't get police protection if the whole police department stops? The politicians. Screw well, them. Believe me, the politicians will always, uh, if there's only 10 cops left in the city, they'll be guarding the politicians. That is not to be doubted. The oh, of course. Yeah. But here's an idea. Here's an idea. If if the uh, the call comes in, because this is a 911 call with this uh, girl that got, that got shot by the cop in Ohio. If a call comes in, hey, you know what? Says this is a, a big deal to think all white cops are racist. Uh, are you African-American? Yes. I'm about to get stabbed. Okay. We're going to send a couple African-American officers over to help you out. Send black cops. That's it. End of story. Black neighborhood, send black cops. They can't say it's a white against okay. black anymore. Done. That's it. No, they're, they're End of story. So now well, who are you going to blame? How's the racist? No, well, with this the With the Freddie Gray incident in Baltimore several years ago, a black man was shot by a black cop in a majority black city with a black mayor, a black DA, a black police chief police chief, a black majority police department, a black chain of command. It's a black city, okay, which is great. But, okay, it, it was, and they still rioted, claiming racism. Uh, oh, I, I, I know. That's why they changed the whole terminology, Holland, to systemic racism. They're saying the system is racist. So that they can even call a black cop or a Hispanic cop a racist. It's ridiculous. There's, it's a no-win situation. 
And I that is the problem. The politicians yep. are going to have, and I agree with you guys that the politicians are still going to have protection. But you know what? Uh, those cops that stay behind, the, the, you know, nobody doesn't want to have friends. And trust me, the the sphere of your friends as a cop is a very small sphere. If yep. you understand my meaning. Oh, I know. It's, it's mainly the other cops. It's tedious because I live in this state uh, and I'm getting inundated with this bullshit all the time. I just wanted to touch lightly on it. But that's my two cents, man. The cops start shunning, you know, start shunning your duties. I, I hate to say that, but there's here's one thing that I'll, I'll guarantee you is a fact. Here's one thing that I guarantee you is a fact. One little girl's parents are crying. The other little girls who was holding the puppy in the pink sweatsuit, their parents think the cop's a hero. Mm-hmm. It's a no-win situation. And and that's, in all honesty, it's gotten ridiculous. And, and when the body cam of the cop who actually drew, we know that was a white guy. But the yep. first responder over the other cop was a black cop trying to render aid. So it wasn't like they weren't trying to de-escalate this. And I'm just so fed up with the bullshit and it's being done along party lines. And honestly, I can't really say that because our governor followed suit. He didn't get the vote switched in Ohio. But you notice all the other big cities and big states in the last election. They succeeded in their little plan, and our governor shut down Ohio. It was one of the last ones to shut down, but he did it. And the mask mandate to dehumanize people, oh, that's still in effect. It's ridiculous. And that's all I say. (laughs) That's why I love Ron DeSantis. Yep, yep. Best governor in the United States of America right now. I can't deny that. I cannot deny that. I mean, we're doing pretty good in Oklahoma, but... Uh, I'm you telling know, you, this man is going to be president one day. He's uh, he's legit, and he's uh, a no-nonsense type of dude. He'll tell you the way... He's like a, the light version of Trump, which I love. Well, here's the thing. He's different from Trump in that he's not uh, a blowhard. Sorry, but he doesn't... He He's a doer, not a talker. He does talk. Well, in all honesty, though, Trump Trump talks aloud, but he also does. Because, I mean, you know, if you look at every time he said, I'm going to do something, he's done it. Uh, or he's attempted to do it. He's tried his best to do it. But I'll give you this. Trump is a cartoonish character. And he is, that's why comedians have so much fun making fun of the guy. Because he is easy to poke fun at because of the way he looks, his aesthetics. But... The fact is, you got to look at the actions of the man. And when he went and he said, I want to do this, this, and this, and this, the first three or three years of his presidency, awesome. He did uh, exactly what uh, he said he was going to do. That was a mixed bag. And he also said he would secure the election and he failed to do so. And now he's sitting on the golf course telling people to take their vaccines. But that's another subject. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's so, a different show altogether. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's jump into. Uh, I'm uh, disenchanted with 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 the golden haired one as time has grown by. But anyways, um, not yep. me because there's only let's, so much as a president that you could do. I mean, uh, that's one thing people forget. They, they thought that oh, Trump is going to like you know change everything. 
No, there's only so much you can do. And when you have uh, the entire media, uh, Congress, the you know the the entertainment industry against you, plus social media against you, I mean everything. And they're, and they're trying to impeach him constantly. Uh, I mean, he went all four years under impeachment and under hoaxes yep. and fake allegations. And I mean, he's fighting. He was he was fighting constantly against everybody. And yet, still trying to be the president, still racked up three or four uh, Nobel Peace Prize nominations, still is the only sitting president in four decades of not get us in a new war, still bought in record numbers of trade in billions of dollars to this country from his uh, trade deals, and uh, still managed to get, uh, what, 400 miles of wall built under the uh, fact that they didn't want to give him a penny, but they wanted to spend billions on abortions in Sri Lanka. So, I mean, you got to look at the positives and say, you know what? Considering all the junk that they were throwing at this guy, he did pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can't complain too much. <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? I'll just, I'll just say this: the best thing that Trump did was nuke the media. He proved the media to be what they are—propaganda yes. machine—and everybody forgets yep. who legalized propaganda in the U.S. Is Barack Hussein Obama, and uh, I'll never say his name correctly ever because that is, and besides the guy we now have, this guy mm. is just you know I honestly feel sorry for the guy we have now because he's he, he's he's demented because he has dementia. Uh, he doesn't know which way is up, and he, he, it, every time I see him, he's he is a. A tool, and he knows it. He knows he doesn't belong yep. there. He knows it's being used for things that, you know, even he would not have agreed with if he was in his prime. He knows that he's controlled and compromised and blackmailed in every way, and he knows that they're going to pull the plug on him whenever it is convenient. So yep. let me tell you, he's a perfect puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, let's get on with. Uh, we were talking a few days back, and. Uh, this elucidates, I think, even more just on the uh, type of country we've become, a complacent, compliant, honestly, a, a sad, hollow shell of the America I grew up in, Angel grew up in, and I guarantee Holland grew up in. Um, it's It's really sad to see what the American people will put up with. We failed the shit test. The government gave you a shit test by making you wear mask, by making mm-hmm. you get the jab. I'll be honest. I got the Johnson's jab the day before they shut it down because it was a single dose and I plan on traveling overseas. So I have to have to fly. So I took the jab, but you know what I haven't done? I've never worn a fucking mask and I won't do it ever because it dehumanizes that's what the mask does. And you know this, Holland, in the military, sometimes you'll wear a mask because it's it's a way to intimidate. But when we put a hood or something else. Put, put masks on prisoners to, to dehumanize them. Yes, exactly. When we put hoods. Their personality and make them shut up and make them vulnerable. And yep. withdraw to themselves. And, yep. and now you see when you go out in public, 
You see all these people wearing masks. Everyone's in their own little tiny bubble, afraid to get too close to one another. They can't look at each other. They can't breathe upon one another. It's pretty sad that these people live in fear. I mean, Easter Sunday, I went to a church service, a thousand people inside a, uh, an auditorium, crowded, uh, no one wearing a mask, not a single person. And I did not have a fear in the world. I didn't even think about it. Then I see these headlines, uh, unmasked gathering. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay. The, the fear has passed and those who are still succumbing to it, I just, I simply do not understand. I watched a couple the other day eating in a restaurant and these, they, they look like a professional couple, man and wife, uh, probably a master's degree or two between them. And uh, eating in a restaurant, they get up, they go outside, put on their masks, and get inside their car together. I mean, what exactly are you protecting yourself from? You're obviously man and wife. You live in the same house. You're, you were just eating together unmasked. Why are you putting on a mask to get into your vehicle with the windows no. up? And you're no, educated, no. quite obviously. You're probably making six figures between the two of you. What is going on? The worst funny thing I've seen, and I've seen it several times, not often because of, it's a small town I live in. And it's usually people with plates from other counties because they like to come to our Kroger and our Walmart because, uh, you know, all the panic buying of this, that, and the other. There's always something new that's missing in the grocery stores. That's something that uh, came about because of this bullshit, too. You know, people panic buy. They don't just buy, like me and my wife shop every day just for what we're going to cook that day. Uh, but we just buy that much. And to go in that one time and all of a sudden all the paper products are gone, then there was a time we couldn't get pepperonis or salami, you know, for me to make a pizza. It was hilarious. It just, you can't judge what people are going to panic by. And I, I found out from a Coke, not a Coke, a Pepsi guy, uh, there's a certain brand of soda a friend of ours coming from out of town wanted. Well, they, it's not that popular a drink, and they're having a problem getting aluminum now for the cans. So they only are doing the uh, popular products. And, uh, you know, all these companies and corporations that are going woke, they're going broke. And honestly, I hope they do. But the point is that I, the two times I've seen it, or three or four, whatever it was, it's been a very small time. Idiots driving around, and I'm not bullshitting, I wish I was, in their own cars, rubber gloves on and mask. By himself with the windows up, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was young uh, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's mainly young people. Okay, uh, a lot of the a lot of the people who refuse to wear a mask are old in the so-called vulnerable group. But I see the young people are the most afraid. I mean, I used to be in the entertainment business, and you know, I just saw an advertisement that an old friend of mine had. He's a, he calls himself a punk rocker. He's a young kid. He dresses like a punk rocker, and he's putting on a punk rock show. Please, and he, then at the bottom it says, please wear a mask. And all I wanted to scream at him was punk rock. 
Okay, what exactly? How are you, punk rock man? You're obeying the dictates of the control system to the nth degree. Okay, I mean, there's not even a mask mandate in the state anymore, and you're holding a punk rock show where you're telling people to wear a mask. I mean, it's it it is it is indeed clown world to the nth degree. I never thought I would see things this stupid, but they are. Brother, I'll tell you something. You brought something up that always boggles my mind. I'm old school, probably the first era of punk rock, Sid and Nancy kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I even went into ska music. You know, one of my favorite bands was the English Beat. I know that dates me, right? Uh, ska music was excellent. But, yeah, that was the whole thing. We wore long fucking coats, you know, trench coats, uh, had wild hair, not conforming, man. Went in the military, shit. You know the long trench coats they give you in the military? We wore those off duty. The inspector. (laughs) Yeah. We wore that shit off duty because it was hip. Mm. You know, and and nobody else is dressing like that in Cali. You know, it it was just, you know, we were stupid, but I don't know who's more stupid. We were nonconformist. And look at these morons. They're conforming, and yet that's punk rock? No, what's punk rock is what you, me, and Angel do. Screw the mask, eat a dick, and we're going to live our lives. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to eat a dick, though. I, I, I I refuse to eat a dick, I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> I said that's what we say, bro. I said that's what we say. No, it kind of came out a little weird there. I understood what you meant, but it just it didn't register properly. I think. So it registered properly. I think everybody understood except you. You were digging on the comedic side, brother. But that's all right. <laughs> but hey, it's fine, man. I can take a chomping. It doesn't bother me. You know that. I go way back. I we can get into comedian and ball busting shit. I enjoy that even more than the serious hey, shit. You know that. Just remember, no, uh, just remember, ladies. Nobody likes a biter. <laughs> there you go. No teeth, girls. Uh, Any uh, actually, you know, that's that's I a lot of fun. A girl with no teeth. Mm, uh, think about it. Think about it. Uh, uh, hey, uh, but no. Anyways, I mean. Holland, honestly, you know what punk rock, and so do you, Angel, what that is, man. I mean, it's it's being a nonconformist, and that was my whole point. Science rebellion against the system, d- despite the consequences. And now we see the so-called yep. punk rock scene uh, compi- uh, complying to the control system to the nth degree, to the degree that they want. Uh, admonishing others for not wearing a mask while you have your, your schmohawk and your mask on. That is the most uh, ironic and perhaps telling sign of our times. Uh, and we see the so-called nonconformists going along with the censorship by big corporate tech, uh, you know, parroting lines from Jeff Bezos and the New York Times, uh, telling us to it. trust science uh, <laughs> and so forth. And, and the thing is, I do trust science. but. Science, as I said before, is a whore, okay? Science follows the money. Science goes wherever you you put a money trail. That's where they go. That's where you incentivize science to, to give you a conclusion you want for whatever agenda you have. Any scientist will tell you that. Scientists have a hard time making real money. And if you start tossing money at them, 
they're going to do what you want. That's the truth. You follow the money, and you'll find out. Annenberg Foundation, we can go down the list of them. You know, Soros funded back, uh, what's that idiot's name, uh, Microsoft founder. You know, uh, Bill I Gates. Find, Bill Gates, right. I, I find it really funny that uh, when you look at, there was four manufacturers that came out with drugs and two of them were single dose you know the the little vax shots and both those single dose shots are banned now because there's a problem when i know this for a fact uh the one woman who died and then the other one that's in critical condition from the johnson shot all of them have been women and their 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 comorbidity to these things that, that have had hospitalization or issues, uh, they're taking birth control pills. And my mother's uh, boyfriend of 26 years, his wife died. That's how they became boyfriend and girlfriend. My mom met him after his wife died. Um, well, she was taking birth control, and it killed her. It did the same thing that the woman, woman died from, bleeding in the stomach veins and arteries. And I, I just like I say, last year they said we had no flu deaths, but all these COVID deaths. But the COVID deaths equal out to being about the same amount bye, bye, bye. as normal flu season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I just we're not, we're not saying COVID nineteen is a hoax. It did strike. No, it did it's kill not. people, but it was manageable. Okay, it was entirely yeah. manageable by the existing system at the time. Nothing had to change. There did not have to be a lockdown of the economy. There did not have to be a a mask mandate. None of that was necessary. And by all indicators, all of that increased the death rate from COVID-19. And that is not theory. That is not speculation. That is proven on the ground. For example, Sweden and Europe, for whatever reason, at the beginning last year of the COVID-19 pandemic, as it gained traction in the media, they did not institute a lockdown nor a mask mandate. And I, in the beginning, and I will confess, in the beginning, I was a scaremonger. Like, oh, this is it, man. I mean, I fled the city. I went out. To, I, I went to a small town and stayed there for six months, and uh, just kind of laid low and to see what and just was going to watch what was going to happen. And then the data came back. Okay, the data came back, and it has a survival rate of ninety nine point nine percent. And the average uh, rate of death, the average age of death is 75, which is already the average age of death in this country. And in Sweden, where they did no lockdown, they did no social distancing, they did no mask mandate, they had a lower infection rate and a lower death rate than their neighbors. And also, they did not totally destroy their economony at the same time. So that's proven on the ground. They did it. And the politicians were yelling about a, a new normal, a new normal. No, fuck a new normal. We're, we're going back to regular normal. I don't want to hear about no new normal. And I won't accept a new normal. A new normal to them is outright Chinese communism being instituted by the idiot that now occupies that office. There and, are, it's walking around with lab coats hinting that we're going to have to wear masks for the rest of our lives. Okay. And social distance for our lives. Are you kidding me? I have three letters for him. 
E-A-D. Eat yeah. a dick. Because I'm not going to do it. And I, I won't let my son or my wife or my <coughs> any grandchildren I may have do it. Because we're free in America. Last I looked, I got no shackles on my hands. I'm not bound at the feet. And I definitely ain't going to kneel. You know, it's well, better to live. The economy has been destroyed. Uh, education has been destroyed. Uh, this is yeah. the lost generation, our young people now, our children. They're growing up in a masked society, a social distance society. They can't socialize with their peers. They can't socialize with their family. They can't socialize with their loved ones who are in the hospital. They can't go see someone who may be dying. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is inhumane. This is evil. This is, uh, I mean, there is no proper word in the English language to describe how asinine this is and what we're doing to our children. Oh. No, there, there is. I mean, Fauci, uh, I, I can't remember who he was being interviewed by, but somebody actually asked him some newspaper or whatever, television, videographer, whatever it was. It was something I saw on YouTube a while back. Ask him, well, how are people going to have, you know, sex? He says, well, I would suggest, you know, you hang something up like a shower curtain, cutting a hole in it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm <laughs> Man, We're not I'm, thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself like this, brah. I'm like, uh, so basically everybody's going to use a glory hole. Yeah, that's real passionate. That's real loving. It, it's fucking retarded, man. And that's the new normal. Well, you can you can fuck the new normal. I'll take the regular normal where I'm skin to skin, pubic hair to pubic hair. Fuck that. <laughs> That's a visual I didn't need. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mental yeah. picture uh, yeah. Um, deleted. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Angel hit the dump button on that motherfucker, didn't he? He's like, deleted. We don't, we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't censor that, but we're censoring that shit. No, no, no. I just think it's just hilarious that uh, an actual, supposedly top doctor, he makes over 400K a year. Yeah. Would say, just improvise your own glory hole. That's fucking disgusting. And here's the thing you know, he's not doing it. No, okay. he's not. <laughs> so, and, that, and that's the thing anyone who's, who's saying we should follow Dr. Fauci or follow the science, are you insane? If you followed all the guidelines that they have issued, which are ridiculous, you know, I mean, remember the California regulations for Thanksgiving? You had to have Thanksgiving outdoors, socially distanced in separate containers, and you couldn't have anyone inside your house to use the bathroom and so forth. Those were the regulations they were issuing for Thanksgiving last year in California. Do you think anyone followed those? Of course not. They're ridiculous. Even... The so-called pro-science, hipster, trendy, whatever people, uh, you didn't follow those. So tell me, which guidelines well, are you following? It's, it's rules for thee, not for me. Gavin, Gavin, uh, whatever that moron. New scum, new scum. Yeah, new scum. New scum. That's yep. right, new scum. Yeah, and uh, he... He daggone went to the French Laundry with all of his friends, saying, "Oh, it's outside. All the doors were uh, open. No, they weren't. 
They had pictures from outside. All the doors were closed. So were the windows. So it's rules for thee, not for me. We have become a nation that now, and this is what they do want. They want the elites to have their own set of rules and mm-hmm. all of us peons to have our own. Yep. And in, in his defense, though, if Aunt Nancy Pelosi can get her hair done in a, in a salon, why can't he have dinner wherever he wants? Come on. Well, I, he's new scum. Yeah, he is new scum. You're exactly right. It's sad. Well, he's facing recall. Hopefully that takes place. I know even the Democrats are upset with his uh, uneven application of uh, his arbitrary rules. I mean, like, for example, you had governors who were writing a list down of things you could buy in the store and things you couldn't. Essential items and non-essential items. You have some politician deciding that you can't buy garden seeds that year just because she wrote it down on a piece of paper. Then you have Walmart taping off whole aisles of sections. So you can't buy these things here. They're non-essential. Yeah, that was that was the governor of Michigan. I can't think of her name, but uh, yeah, Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer. That's it. Yep, and she another beauty. <laughs> she's a she's a grabastic piece of shit. But you know, having worked in Detroit, I'm not shocked by anything about Michigan anymore. But honestly, there's a guy, our governor, Mike DeWine. I'm one of the biggest pushers to get him, but he's coming up for election. Um, I wanted to get him recalled when he shut down our state. And, uh, and I never thought I'd say that when he was a state representative, this is not a bullshit story. It's for real. I've talked about it before. Not on this show. I have a flag for the state of Ohio. We have a pennant. It's not really a flag. That's honest. Um, that pennant flew over the state house and state representative, Mike DeWine, and his wife drove that flag out with a little certificate and everything saying it had been flown over to State House. And my mother, to our trailer park where my mom lived and where I lived until I was 14, um, gave her that flag to send to me. And it flew on the whip antenna in the first Gulf War. And I carry it with me everywhere I go. And he would have had a guaranteed four votes from my house. And even my in-laws until he shut down this damn state. And uh, I'm 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 problematic because I'm half Kraut and I'm also half Dago. And my Dago side is Sicilian. And I don't forget a fucking thing. My word's my bond. If you break my word or I break my word to you, then, you know, I'll remember both ways. You know, I know that I broke my word. And I'm honest about it. it. It just, I, with him, he'll never get another vote out of my house. I will work and campaign to make sure I wanted him recalled. Because that's, that's despicable. What he did to this state. And, and he even had this woman come on and it made her out to be some sort of celeb. And, uh, some doctor, I, I just heard her little, irritating voice and they tried to make her like some sort of sex symbol and uh uh no 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 that's not what you're supposed to do there governor governor govern doesn't play the popularity game anyways that's my two cents on it man yeah yeah 
And, you know, we understand the fear at first, many governors acting out of fear for their constituents or at least their political career, but at least admit that, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have put in a mask mandate or maybe I shouldn't have locked down the economy. But, you know, it was a scary time at the time. I apologize. I can be forgiven. Uh, Right. That that could be forgiven because I was a masky at first. Right. Uh, So I, I understand that. But we must move beyond our mistakes. Okay, that the mask mandate was a mistake. The lockdown was a mistake and trying to perpetuate all of that uh, just to justify uh, future actions is also a mistake. You're capitalizing on mistakes and that's going to lead to tragedy. And now we're seeing what is happening in this country. Oh, it, it has led to tragedy. The masking and not having people gather, they've invited the rioting. Because you've dehumanized people to other human beings. They've been able to divide us because of it. I mean, everything I see is straight out of the fucking playbook of communism. The last thing Khrushchev said to Kennedy is, we will destroy you without firing a shot. Frankfurt School succeeded. Yep. Yep. And, and you know, everybody wants to go way far back. Three generations is all you need to go. Look, I blame my generation as well as my mother's generation. You know, that was a hippy-dippy youth generation. But, and then my, look, World War II and Korean War vets, they didn't fuck around with them because those boys would have come out shooting. But the Gulf War, I go to the VFW or American Legion, you know how many Gulf War vets or even vets from uh, the GWAT, Global War on Terrorism, I find in those facilities? Not many. And, you know, that was a way veterans talked. And the suicidal rate, I, I, I'm not shocked kids are killing themselves like it's going out of style because they don't have the socialization. One year is all it took, and they knew it. It just disgusts me. So, I think we got about two minutes. Is there anything you want to uh, <coughs> plug? Any upcoming things you've got on the burner or anything? And uh, then we'll wrap her up. I'm working on a new show myself. I have been for a while. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it right now. I'll discuss it uh, when the time is. But I am working on some stuff. So, I'm glad cool. that that's you. So, when we do start announcing that, uh, I can talk about it. So Hell but- yeah. If you've enjoyed uh, listening to me and my insight, check out A Noble Lie on YouTube or Vimeo or any other video platform where there are many pirate versions. A Noble Lie, Oklahoma City, 1995, the documentary about the Oklahoma City bombing, whose anniversary we just passed. Uh, Yesterday, I was actually at the Oklahoma Political uh, uh, Political Action Caucus Committee luncheon which is the big big wood conservative meeting here in Oklahoma City, and I listened to a talk about the Oklahoma City bombing, and uh, I talked to some people there, and it looks like I'll be giving a presentation on my work there in the near future, so that's going to be fun. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, all I got to say about myself is if you want to know me, look up a noble lie. Awesome, awesome. And uh, with that being said, folks, as always, Holland, it's always a pleasure having you on. Love your perspective. Love Angel's perspective. I think when we all get together, it's just one big uh, party. You know, it's just a couple guys getting together to talk, bust balls, and 
you know, try to figure out the world and maybe we can solve all the world's problems in an hour. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But folks, thank you for sitting on my big orange couch, grabbing your coffee, tea, soda, and or don't libation. And I will slowly raise the drawbridge as you exit. Guys, it's couch.